0: All right, um, I think we, should, we can go ahead and get started. Does that sound okay? Margaret and Adam?
1: I think that sounds good. We might, um, just because we have a pretty small number of people here. I know um, John, Larry, members of the public, and I believe Rochelle's with LGO World. If, would it be helpful to get some info on yeah. um, your all's interest in this project? And maybe we can just make sure you get the information that you need tonight.
2: I don't know,
1: John, if you want to give
3: us an idea of what brought you here with us. Well, uh, I've been riding a bus for many decades in Lawrence. And fortunately, now that I'm a retiree and I have my KUID card, I can ride for free all over town. So I ride the bus to campus. I ride from my house, which is near Checkers, Dendle Library or to other places. I also ride my bike. I'm just interested in... in, uh, seeing that the bus system gets expanded and optimized uh, for everybody's benefit and also for mine. Um, but I don't have a, you know, an, an introduction other than that, except I'm, I feel really lucky that the system serves me as well as it does. Okay, great. Thank you for coming out tonight.
1: Um, Larry, I don't know if you want to share um, your interest in the project or if you use the bus currently. We dropped off. No. Okay. Well, Boris will probably let you get into it then. And um, those, those others that join along the way, they can pop in. But this will be recorded for, for everyone else.
0: All right. Excellent. So, um, yeah. Thanks, Serena. Thanks, John, for uh, and Rochelle for joining us this evening. Um, the the topic of our discussion tonight is the Lawrence Route Redesign Study. So this is a study we've been working on for several months now. Um, and uh, tonight, what we're going to be doing is presenting some scenarios, some, some preliminary uh, ideas for how the service can be restructured. Um, and this didn't come out of sort of, you know, out of the air, it's, it's a process that we've been working on for several months. And before we started developing uh, recommendations and scenarios, first, we did a lot of um, analyses. So we did a market analysis, which looked at, um, you know, independent of where service is today, it, the market analysis kind of looked at where there are opportunities um, to, to support where in, in the community different types of transit uh, are most, most likely to be supported based on demographics and land use and things like that. Um, we also did service analyses. So the service analyses looked uh, in depth at every route and how it's performing today uh, in terms of ridership and productivity, on-time performance, things like that. So that those, those things, plus our first round of stakeholder outreach, um, which was several months ago, those, all those three, three things combined kind of helped us understand the strengths and the weaknesses of the existing system and kind of put us in a position to start developing recommendations and scenarios for service improvement. So that's where we are now. Um, before we begin going through the scenarios route by route, I want to sh- show a really brief video um, that's kind of uh, an illustration, I guess you can call it, of what microtransit service is. Micro microtransit is a term we'll be using a lot tonight. And since it's a fairly new term in in, you know, to, to many people probably on this call, um, I'm gonna go ahead and show this video and um then we can ha- you know, see if there's any questions, but I'm gonna share my screen, one second. And share with sound, okay, okay. Let me know when you can see my screen, all right. All right, one second. I have to rearrange my windows here to make sure that everybody can see. All right. Um, If you don't hear this, give me some sign, but here we go.
4: I think they're the best thing since bacon. Uh, They're on Johnny on the spot. When I need them, they've been available. And that's great. And I just need to run to the, Darn store for one darn thing and here they are. The other car transport services are too expensive for a senior, you know.
5: So VIA, in my opinion, is like an extension to the bus service. Here we have the Yolo bus going by and they run every hour on the hour. So, uh, riders, what they love about us is it's similar to Uber and Lyft, but it's uh, corner to corner, and it gets them to their locations a little bit more conveniently throughout West Sacramento.
2: There are some passengers that absolutely, 100%, this is their form of transportation.
4: I have to depend on others for transportation, and so many things need to be done during the day when my rides are not. I'm on a mobility scooter, and so I'm rather limited as to uh, what I can use.
1: It's a lot less dangerous, like especially late at night. like if I, I'm a girl alone and I have to walk like at nine o'clock at night, they have, like, the $10 Via Pass for all week, and you get four rides a day, and that's what I usually do because it's, like, so much cheaper. Sometimes you meet new people on the rides. That's pretty cool. You get to make friends, and um, I I just really enjoy it. I really hope that it stays. Like, I would die if it didn't. Um, I, like, if, if it went away, I would be, like, on the phone with the mayor. Like, what are you doing? I need this back.
0: Okay, so um, everybody could hear that, right? Okay, so um, that's that's a real brief look at what micro transit is just in summary, it's an app based um, demand response service. So it's a shared ride type of service using vans or minivans or things like that. People um, can dispatch the vehicles directly through an app on a smart device, a phone or a tablet. So they don't have to, you know, call up a dispatch or anything like that. It's all in real time. You can see where the vehicle is in real time. It uh, it functions very much like Uber and Lyft, but it's a more, more of a transit type of product versus a single ride um, where, you know, one person gets a ride, the next person gets a ride. With Microtransit, it's a shared ride type of um, type of service. So that's Microtransit. And now, um, any, any questions just real quickly about that before we jump in route by route? Okay. So tonight we're going to be presenting two scenarios. Um, the idea behind these scenarios is that... W- there's usually more than one way to improve transit service, um, and the scenarios are in some in some cases very similar, and in some cases very different. But we develop the scenarios to test uh, kind of people's responses to different ideas. We know that neither scenario will satisfy everybody, and in the end, the idea is to see what elements of each scenario do resonate with the public in Lawrence. Um, and the ultimate goal is to then develop a third scenario that's sort of a hybrid, potentially a hybrid of the two uh, preliminary scenarios and is reflective of the elements that are most popular um, between both scenarios. So um, that's that's what we're gonna be talking about today. So we'll start with scenario one and we'll start with scenario one, uh, route one. And we have a, an ability tonight to show the routes individually we can compare the routes to the current service so that's the orange line you see is the proposed route one and this is the current route one Um, we also have other layers that we can turn on and off as we um, discuss for example we have a transit potential which is the market analysis piece that i talked about earlier we have um, ridership by stop for the existing ridership by stop. So that's kind of the service analysis piece that I talked about earlier. So we can um, look at all those things as well as, um, points of interest so it's you know if there's any reason if somebody has a question why why did you choose this street versus some other street we can kind of show you know where there's uh, ridership generators like schools uh, hospitals um, grocery stores apartment complexes things like that so we have all that at our disposal if anybody has any questions at any point please feel free to raise your hand or not even raise your hand just blurt it out and we'll we'll you know go along and, and answer all the questions as we go. Okay, so um, beginning with Route 1, the idea of Route 1, so Route 1, as proposed in Scenario 1, operates between downtown East Hills Business Park. Um, So this is the East Hills Business Park here. The two uh, main changes from the current service are that service is shifted from Haskell to Massachusetts Street in order to serve Dillon's, which is over here. Um, And then the service is also extended from its current end of the line, um, which serves the the community shelter and the jail, um, to instead continue past the shelter and the jail and serve the East Hills Business Park. So so this is the proposed scenario um, for Route 1. Now, Route 1 is also proposed to be interlined with Route 5. So interline is another concept we'll be talking about quite a bit tonight. Um, interlining means you take a vehicle, and that vehicle operates not just on one route back and forth, back and forth, but that vehicle sort of alternates between um, two, sometimes even more, but but in, in the case tonight, between two routes. So a vehicle that comes um, outbound on the Route 1 would then transition once it gets to the East Hills Business Park and go uh, back on Route 5 and vice versa. Route 5 would then transition to Route 1. There are many reasons why you would consider an inner line. Um, One of those reasons is to reduce duplication. So um, you can have a vehicle, um, you know, once it gets to a a key turnover point, it, it, it sort of you know, s- covers this, sort of the same area begins begins the next route. Another reason to do it is to ensure connections are always made. So if a person um, is trying to connect between the two routes, if the same vehicle is actually operating it, those two routes, then the connection is guaranteed. And then the third reason to do it is from a scheduling standpoint, um, this is kind of behind the scenes type of, type of stuff, but basically some routes are too short and other routes are too long in order to operate them in the schedule that you wanna operate them on. But if you join them together, then you can have a, a cumulative cycle time that allows you to um, operate, let's say hourly service or 30 minute service or whatever service frequency you're trying to get at, um, you can pr- provide that on both routes. So, so interlining is, is, again, where the vehicle transitions to the next route um, rather than returning along the same route. So the idea of, of using of interlining Route 1 and Route 5 is that um, you have access both to the shelter and the jail and the East Hills Business Park. Um, you have access to those key Uh, community locations, key community destinations, both from downtown and from the Bob Billings Hub, the the new Bob Billings Hub, which is um, currently under development. Um, So any questions about Route 1? And then I'll uh, talk about Route 5 briefly as well. But any questions about Route 1?
4: I have a dumb question.
0: (laughs) No such Um, thing, but uh, go ahead.
4: (laughs) How, let's say you take Route 1 to get to work. From downtown. How do you get back to downtown?
0: Uh, great question. So you would take <laughs> route one, you would take route one back. Just the the interlining is something that happens behind the scenes. It's a it's an operational trick. It's not something that typically the the, the passengers need to worry about. So if you're a passenger, and you look at your schedule, you'll see that route one heads outbound and route one heads back inbound to downtown. And you just check your schedule to see when there's a route one that's heading back to downtown. And that's okay. the bus you get on. You as a passenger will not notice um, the interlining um, unless it is marketed on the, on the schedules. And sometimes it is marketed on the schedule. Sometimes what'll, what agencies will do is they'll say route one. And then if you go down the schedule at the very last kind of time point, it'll have a note that says route one continues on to route five. And, and that lets people know that they have what's called a one seed ride. So in other words, if a person stays on the bus at the end of the, of the route, but they're trying to get to, I don't know, the Iowa street corridor, let's say they know that they can stay on the bus and that bus will continue on uh, along Clinton Parkway toward, toward Iowa. Um, so, that's. Does that answer your question?
4: Yeah, yeah. So it, it's just a much longer route. I mean, it'll still go back to downtown. It's just. Well, um, no, no. You'd have, you'd have two buses, like the other one. Like you would still catch one to to downtown. To downtown, but you wouldn't realize that it it had already gone all the way, over to the Bob Billings.
0: Exactly. So it's not a longer route from a, it's not a longer route from a rider's standpoint. It's a longer route for the operator. The operator gets to have some variety in their life instead of, you know, just doing the same route back and forth, back and forth. They do one route then do the other route, come back and do the first route. But from Mm -hmm. a, from a passenger standpoint, it's not a longer, not a longer ride. Okay. Okay. Um, Yeah.
1: Maybe I might just add horses to, add to that that you would put enough buses on this route to get the frequency you want because it is a very long loop, but um, the assumption would be you put enough vehicles on it to get, if you still wanted 30 minute frequency or whatever frequency you wanted, Um, put the right number of vehicles on it to
0: do that. Exactly. Yeah. The, the, the operating principle is the same as, you know, any other service you have to have the right number of vehicles to match, to, to achieve the frequency you're looking for.
4: And the driver has to remember to change their um, destination sign once they become the route five. Right. Yeah.
0: In some, some agencies now that is being done sort of automatically there's based on geolocation. Um, But if not, then the way that it's ensured that the driver remembers to do that is you, you, you want to build in a little layover at the end of, you know, route one before it transitions to route five. So there's that kind of break point. So, um, you know, once they get to the East Hills Business Park, maybe they'll pull over for a minute or two, change their head sign, and then continue on. Yeah, great questions. Um, Okay, so the route five, which is on the screen here, um, I'll show the, this is the current, Okay. Yeah oops. this is the current route five as you guys probably know. So two two main differences. Um, number one is that instead of heading instead of having a terminus um, in the retail core, the Iowa Street kind of retail hubs with Walmart and Target and all that, instead this route goes to the Bob Billings um, Bob Billings hub. Um, So that's one major difference. Um, Another major difference is the current route deviates off of 23rd street into Haskell. So this deviation here, the proposed in this scenario does not do that. So somebody at Haskell that's trying to get uh, onto this route five to get to Bob Billings or anywhere else, um, they would need to make their way to 23rd street. However, instead of deviating into Haskell, there is a deviation on Route 5 um, that it heads south of 23rd Street, where you have a high concentration of multifamily housing. So uh, in this scenario, the bus comes down to 24th Street, um, and then it it crosses Iowa uh, at 25th, and then it heads back up to Clinton Parkway, and then from there, it Heads over to Bob Billings versus uh, via Castled. So, so those are the Route Five differences from the current Route Five.
3: Okay, so I board Five uh, Louisiana Twenty Third Street, and I like to ride out the Target. Is that not going to be possible anymore?
0: So you you said Louisiana Twenty yeah.
5: yeah, Third?
3: Yeah.
0: So yeah. Go ahead. Right. So they're still uh, in this this particular route would not uh, would not go to the Target. Uh, there will there will be other routes, so we'll we'll show that. But this particular route does will not go to target.
3: Okay, we'll just go ahead and proceed then.
0: Okay. Uh, good question. Okay, so next we'll talk about route three. Okay, let me. Okay, so this is. The current Route 3, um, as you guys know, the current Route 3 heads from uh, downtown um, up toward kind of north of of 70 to the uh, sort of light industrial areas up there. It also serves a hallmark facility. But what it does is it um, operates along Michigan and Iowa Street, um, and it operates as a a one-way loop. Um, So... Uh, Michigan is served southbound only, Iowa is served, did I get that right? Yeah, Michigan is southbound, Iowa is northbound. So people on both corridors only have service in in one direction. Um, What we're proposing in scenario one is to do something completely different with Route 3. Rather than going north of Lawrence Memorial Hospital, um, the route would, from downtown um, serve Lawrence Memorial, and then it would head down to the Bob Billings hub. Um, so it's a, it's, it allows for people to have access to Lawrence Memorial, which on the current route three ridership really falls off North of Lawrence Memorial. This is kind of the, the peak of the, the ridership. And then it really declines after that. Um, but this route provides, um, service again to, to the hospital from both from downtown and from the Bob Billings Hub. The other important change on this route is that rather than ending downtown, the route is actually extended past the uh, Amtrak station. So it would serve it sort of the Amtrak station, and then it would go all the way down to East 9th Street and turn around there. So it's extended both to the East and to the West. Uh, so that's that's route three.
3: Uh, quick question. Mm-hmm. What's the point of serving Amtrak when the trains come through in the middle of the night and your bus is not running?
0: The, it's a good question. <laughs> so that, you know, it, the Amtrak service, you know, may improve someday and um, maybe it's, it'll be w- worth serving. I believe there's also, if I'm not mistaken, there's bus service also, intercity bus service, I believe, that uses that station or am I wrong there?
3: I'm not aware of. I just, you know, I love to ride Ramtrak. I just hate their schedule coming through here but
0: yeah.
3: I just thought I'd point that out.
0: Sure. Um, yeah. So there's that. There's also the growing um, kind of activity center down, you know, on nine, the ninth street area. Um, maybe I'm not using the right terminology, but there's uh, new multifamily housing that's, that's gone up here. There's some new businesses, um, restaurants, things like that. So this is an area with some ridership potential as well. Okay. Now, the service north of the hospital in this scenario would be provided by microtransit. So, um, I'll kind of show what that could look like. Uh, Okay. So, so this is one of the potential microtransit zones that, um, you know, would operate similar to what was shown in the video, um, if a person did want to go to the Hallmark uh, facility or some of the other locations that are um, you know, north of 70, uh, that, is, that, that would be an option for them. The Microtrans would be an option for them, okay? So that is Route 3. Now we'll move on to Route 4. So route four is... Um, I mentioned
1: worse for you, um, yep. just I guess
4: um,
0: just a round up discussion around
1: micro a little bit, that will be a service that one could access via like, dial phone, right? I mean, it, it could call a dispatcher and have someone enter their on-demand trip into the system. So just to, I guess, clarify that it's not only for people that would have access to
0: smartphones. Correct. Even though
1: that is a very that's a very useful piece of it, but you have
0: access in that way. That's absolutely right. So yeah, my, the microtransit service, um, you, you could you could request by phone as well. Um, in this scenario, we've sort of created several zones, several microtransit zones. And the idea is that microtransit is, in this scenario, used for local kind of local circulation and then first and last mile connections. In other words, if you want to travel really cross town, you microtransit is not the tool to do that with um you would use microtransit more locally connect in connect to a fixed route and then travel a further distance on fixed route and then if need be you could connect another microtransit service on the other side of town um, but it's very uh it's a zone structure in this scenario
3: one more question on communicating you mentioned the app and iphone would microtransit also be available to use as desktop computers um
0: you know, it's not usually used that way because the the benefit of using an app, a mobile app, is once you request the... Well, first of all, your location, geolocation, is usually pulled from your mobile device. So when you open it up, um, it kind of knows where you are. Uh, have you ever used Uber or Lyft, John?
3: Uh, no, I don't on a cell phone. And I realize that makes me highly weird, but um, I just... Um, why don't you go ahead? Since since I'm such a, a, an out, what is that? An outlier? You call that? Go ahead and do your presentation, and assume that I, people like me aren't going to be a major problem for you.
0: Well, I mean, as Adam said, there there still is the um, option of of just calling in. So uh, there's no reason you wouldn't be able to use it if you didn't own a smartphone. It's the benefit of using it with a smartphone is that you can actually see where the vehicle is in real time. So once you make the request, you can see on your phone, okay, the vehicle is is coming. It's like 10 blocks away. I see it approaching. You can prepare. So it's just, there's that added level of convenience, Um, but you can still, you can still utilize it. Even if you don't have a smartphone. Okay. All right. Very good. So, um, okay. Route four So route four, uh, the end of the line for route four, two ends of the line would be the driver's license uh, examiner's office on North Third Street. So up here would be one end of the line. Um, The LMH West Campus, the new LMH West Campus is the other end of the line. So this kind of combines the current route four with the current route six. Um, So there's a few key changes here from both the route four and the route six. but the reason to combine these is that we're trying – the aim is to make every route a strong standalone route. And and the way that you make a route a strong standalone route is ensure that it has a good mix of origins and destinations. So um, if you have an area that has a lot of uh, origins, a lot of kind of residential um, areas where people are, are – catching a bus, you want to also ensure that they have access to grocery stores, pharmacies, you know, Walmarts, those, those kinds of things. And so, um, North Lawrence, uh, right now, ha- the, the riders have access to the, to the Merck co-op, but they don't have access to any other, you know, large grocery stores or, or big box stores or anything like that. So under this scenario, they would, they would have a one seat ride, um, you know, to downtown and then on, uh, westward, toward the Walmart there, and there's several other grocery stores on West, West 6th Street. So that's the big picture idea. Um, a couple other changes is um, moving the route from Lion Street up to North Street. Um, there's a mobile home park on North Street that is has ridership potential that we think if they were served a little bit more conveniently, um, we'd see some more ridership there. So that's that's one of the big changes. Um, the, you know, other, other changes are like, like I said, just the fact that you'd have a one seed ride, um, heading all the way out, out West to the LMH West campus. Um, so you'd have access to, uh, free state, um, uh, high school, Rockshock park, um, and, and as well as a Dillon's on, on sixth. So any questions about, about this idea or comments?
4: Doesn't that make that route awfully long make
0: it like that? It, it would be a long route, um, but again, you know, it would have multiple vehicles assigned to it. So um, you could have it fairly long and still, if you have two or three vehicles, you could re you could have, you know, reasonable frequencies, even if it was a fairly long route. The, 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 ch- the challenge really, when you have a long route, um, the issue is, do you have, do you build a, whenever you build a schedule, you have to build enough recovery time for the drivers to ensure that, you know, when they're done with a trip, there's enough recovery that they're not falling behind to the point where a a one late trip sort of propagates through the schedule. And that can be achieved, you know, regardless of how long the route is. Just if you ensure that there's enough uh, layover at the end of each trip, kind of rule of thumb, you want 10% of the cycle time to be recovery time. Um, So if it's an hour route or a two-hour route it doesn't really matter you just need to ensure that there's 10 percent recovery built throughout the route
5: so
4: basically the drivers would get a, a break downtown still
0: um so where they have the break is to be determined but in this case you have kind of the ends of the end of the line um at the driver's license office uh and at lmh west so operationally I think what you're getting at is, is there a place for them to go to the restroom and things like that? Um, so if their layover was not downtown, although it could be downtown, but if it wasn't downtown, then we'd have to find a suitable place for them to be able to pull the bus over and find um, you know, bathroom facilities and the like. Does, does that make sense? Sorry, you were muted there.
4: Sort of, yeah it just uh, you know the route 6 right now goes from Rock Talk Park to downtown and it's like a 30 minute route and the drivers you know it's pretty comfortable for the drivers to take a break at either end um, so it seems like if they go up to north lawrence that would add another what 15 minutes onto that route so um yeah i'm just just curious how all that stuff is going to work how it's going to you know how how people how the routes are going to meet up and people are going to be able to get off one bus and get onto another if it's still going to work the same way, Um, the way it does downtown right now. I mean, um, obviously, that's not going to be the main transfer point, but it will be like a secondary one,
5: I assume.
0: Yes. And and, uh, what I would say is you can't you shouldn't think of the routes in the in the terms of how long the route takes today and what adding a little bit of additional service will mean because there's many ways that we can address that so interlining is one way to do that this route for example could be interlined with another route that serves L M H West um, the route 10 we haven't talked about it yet but that route um, ends at Bob Billings so if a per if if we didn't have layover at LMH West, the, the layover could be at Bob Billings. So we're trying to ensure that at some point, if a route is interlined, it's at some point that bus will get to a place where there are bathroom facilities, where there is an opportunity for a layover. Um, but I, I would just encourage you to sort of, you know not think of it in the context of where buses are stopping today and where the layovers are happening today because all of those things could change going forward. Um, but we do have at top of mind that every route needs to have uh sufficient layover time to allow it to be run reliably and to allow the drivers to have, um, you know, their layover time. Okay. All right. So any other thoughts about this, um, idea of connecting North Lawrence, um, to the Sixth street corridor and out to rock Chalk park and the LMH West campus, as well as Walmart. All right. If not, we can continue on to Route 5. Okay. We we did talk about Route 5 um, in terms of the interline with Route 1. So this is kind of – I won't spend too much time on it talking, talking about it again because we have a lot still to cover. Um, so Route 7, this one, John, would will probably be of interest to you. So um, the – Route seven, shown here, the, the the ends of the line would be downtown on one side, and the the reserve on West Thirty First um, over here on the other side. So this route is being restructured to create a one-seat ride from the multifamily housing that's um, along Haskell Avenue. There's a lot of it along Haskell Avenue. Um, a one-seat ride both to downtown and to the South Iowa retail hub, or you know, call it what you will, the the Walmart, the Target, and and so on. From 23rd um, and Louisiana, so this is 23rd and Louisiana. You would have under this scenario um, your one-seat ride to Target, so you you end up, you know, heading to Target, and then that route goes a bit further to the reserve these apartments here, um, and this route is actually also uh, envisioned to interline with another route, Route 11, which we haven't talked about yet. Um, but if you're just going to Target and then you're trying to get back home to Louisiana 23rd, you would just look for the Route 7. So you take Route 7 to target, you look for the Route 7 back, back home.
3: Okay, am I uh, hearable at this point? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Normally I take 7 down Ten to the library. It looks like instead of going down Louisiana and Mass Street, I'd be going down Haskell, which would probably be not that big of a difference.
0: That's correct. That's correct. Um,
3: and so anybody that takes the seven, try to get to Dillon's on mass is out of luck unless there's some substitute route, route, uh, route for them.
0: Right. So, right. So you're talking about the Dillon's on, on mass?
3: Yeah.
0: Right. So this route would not um, get get you to the Dillon's. Um, uh, for what it's worth, microtransit could be an option. Y- if you wanted to travel from Louisiana Street to that Dillon's, Microtransit in this scenario would be an option, um, but this—the idea here is Haskell has a whole, like a really high density of multifamily housing, including some low-income housing. Um, you can kind of see some of them here. I'll just um, kind of illustrate it a little bit better. So if we turn on points of interest, um, so you have the you have multifamily housing, the Douglas County housing here, and then some other multifamily housing, we want to give those folks um, access to, you know, grocery store locations in a one-seat ride, so they don't have to transfer to get to the grocery store. This way, they get to the checkers on 23rd. They can also continue further south. They can get to the Walmart. They can get to the Target. And then because of the inner line, they can even get to additional locations along Iowa Street um, through, through, through an inner line. In other words, they wouldn't have to change buses. Um, but that's, that's idea The Dillons, however, would not be one of those destinations that they could get to not this Dillons, anyway.
3: Well, I normally shop at checkers in the Merck anyway, and I could ride my bike to Dillons on mass, but I have seen a number of people ride seven and they get off at of Dillons, And so those people would probably maybe just need to change their store. I don't know, but, uh, go ahead. I mean, I'm sure this, this new idea is definitely worth trying. All
0: right. So um, let me quickly cover the seven, or sorry, the 11. So that the 11 is shown here. The 11 would operate between the Bob Billings Hub and that same reserve on 31st Street where it would change its, its head sign. Um, the idea here is... We want to give access to all of the retail destinations on South Iowa to people, you know, from the Haskell Avenue corridor, but also for p- people for, uh, that live along Naismith, even, you know, s- people that may live on campus or near campus uh, to KU. But we don't want to duplicate service. So this r- this route, Route 11, when it comes to the reserve, which is here, it changes its head sign and then it goes out as a seven that means that both the seven and the 11 cover all of this retail area in through here and again you could market that on the passenger schedules by letting people know this bus will continue on to walmart and target and everything else you don't have to get off the bus you can just ride on through so that's that's the idea here okay
3: so 11 doesn't go through Canvas anymore
0: the 11 um, in this scenario doesn't go onto campus. It comes close, uh, 19th Street. So if a person is trying to get you know, to campus, they could get there either by foot or by transferring to, an, to another bus. Um, and definitely if they were to get to the Bob Billings Hub, there would be very high frequency service between the Bob Billings Hub and campus. We'll talk about that, those routes in a minute. Uh, but, but this route in this scenario doesn't go into the heart of campus now.
3: Okay. Well, it used to be 10 and 11 were the buses I would take from downtown up to campus. Just 10. Uh, did you talk about 10 already?
0: No, we're, we're getting there, but we haven't talked okay. about
3: 10 yet. I'll let you go on.
0: Okay. All right. So that's the 7 and the 11. Um, next, we'll talk about Route 9. Okay. So Route 9, let me actually turn on the current Route 9 to, to Uh, really illustrate the main difference um so there we go so the current route nine is um much longer than the proposed route nine um so the proposed route nine would just operate between the south iowa retail area and clinton at wakarusa so it it would turn around in this neighborhood here Um, it would not go as far north as uh, free state high school Um, and uh, so this area this part of wakarusa would would be cut out. Um, so the idea here is to get folks from all the multifamily housing. There's a lot of multifamily housing uh, south of Clinton Parkway and through here, um, as well as south of Clinton Parkway near Iowa. To get all those folks, uh, a you know fairly fast and convenient service to get them to retail destinations on Iowa Street. Um, however, this route is also envisioned in this scenario for interlining. So it would be interlined. Let me turn that on with the 29. So the 29 looks like this. Just come on. There you go. So the nine and the 29 um, share an alignment uh, along Clinton Parkway and through the residential areas along Wakarusa and so on. Um, but one of them goes to the Bob Billings Hub, and the other one goes south on Iowa to all the retail destinations. And so this is interlined, um, again, to kind of avoid uh, duplicating service in a way. So a bus that comes out on as a nine, once it does the loop, it goes back on a, as a 29, and then 29 goes back as a nine. All right, so that's how that works. All right, any questions on that, any comments? Okay, we'll talk about the 10 next. Okay, so the 10 would operate between the Bob Billings Hub and the LMH West Campus. Um, So it's truncated at the Bob Billings Hub instead of downtown. If we um, compare it to the current Route 10 that you may be familiar with, this is the current Route 10. I'll turn it on and off a few times so you can see the difference. But the current Route 10 does go through the university and then onto downtown. The proposed Route 10 would, tr- would terminate at the Bob Billings Hub. Um, the idea, again, with the Bob Billings Hub, as you'll see this kind of theme throughout the, the evening today, is that we want to strengthen it as a as a hub. So if you're able to make it there, you have uh, dozens of transfer opportunities and you have very frequent service from the hub to other key destinations, obviously KU, but then also the um, LMH campuses, you know, the 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 new one or the old one, um, and Point South as well, and Haskell. Um, so lots of, lots of transfer opportunities from the Bob Billings Hub. Um, other key points on the Route 10 is that um, okay, it, it also s- provides new service along Wakarusa. So north, I guess you can say north of 6th Street, there is a lot of new residential development through here. So this provides new service uh, along this kind of northern part of Wakarusa and connects it to the Walmart, connects it to Rock Chalk Park, and connects it to the LMH West Campus. Okay, any questions there? Can I ask Boris, so this one
2: um,
1: is potentially proposed to interline with four? Is that true?
0: That's right. So, yep, it would be four and 10.
1: Yeah. So one of the things I just found interesting about this idea is it's been a little vexing to figure out the best way to serve those areas of Overland and Wakarusa uh, between uh, just east of Rock Talk Park. You know, there are two parallel corridors. They're pretty close together. Hard to figure out how to serve them without doing some sort of loop. Um, I find it intriguing in this. But if you lived on overland or walker stuff in that area, you could pretty easily make your way either to the hub or along the six streets downtown with that inner line. That's just an interesting configuration.
0: Right. And so so you know that could be something that you may want to market on either schedule, saying this bus continues on to this other corridor. And you know in the beginning if you implement some of these ideas and the inner lines, it, it, it's a shock to the system in a way people aren't used to it maybe, but over time, I think people will see the value of being having so many of these one seat, what's called a one seat ride, meaning they don't have to get off. They don't have to transfer. They, you know, continue on and each of these routes or each of these, um, pairs of routes have a really robust uh, group of, of, de- of, you know, trip origins, trip destinations, ridership generators, key locations that people want to go to. All right. So let's move on. We did talk a bit about the 11 already. Oops. That wasn't what I wanted to do. Okay, so the 11 here would, um, as I said, it would be interlined with the 7. Um, it would serve um, uh, a lot of residential areas. So you you have you know access to campus. You have Naismith Drive. You have all of the apartments that are on 24th Street and um, you know destinations or uh, the apartments that are south of I guess you could say the 23rd Street corridor. Um, and then it gets uh, back to the Iowa street corridor. So um, this is the link, a link from the Bob Billings Hub to retail destinations uh, on South Iowa with lots of multifamily housing in between that serves as the kind of lifeblood to get you know ridership onto the system. So that's the 11. Okay, next we'll talk about 27. So 27 is um, a route that is meant to link together lots of different educational institutions in Lawrence. So on the south end, you have the Peasley Center, which is a kind of vocational school. Then um, the bus would, c- would go into Haskell um indian nations university so it actually go into the campus versus what we talked about earlier uh, service from 23rd street so it would go into the campus Um, it would also go through ku um, and lawrence high school here so it links together the high school the universities the trade school um, and it ends at the bob billings hub so anyone that can make their way to the bob billings hub has access to this you know educational connector i guess you can call it
3: is this the new 27 we're looking at?
0: This is a proposed 27 in scenario one.
3: Okay. Cause that's the main bus I take to campus from 23rd from 19th in Louisiana. Does it still go by that corner? Uh,
0: So it wouldn't go, it wouldn't operate on Louisiana. So um, you would have to make your way. There's, there's a few different ways you could connect to it. Yeah. It does
1: go by the 19th Louisiana corner, just on the,
0: Outside of High. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes. So, it, okay. But did you mention that you, you live South of 23rd or.
3: Uh, I just live essentially across the street from checkers and East, a couple of blocks and given. Okay. Port, an old area.
0: Okay. So checkers is here on okay. 23rd street. So, um, so yeah, y- it wouldn't come down. Da- it wouldn't operate on wouldn't. Louisiana street, Yeah. but it would have a stop at the corner of Louisiana and 19th. Um, so, so what you would do, yeah, let me turn this, Oops, sorry. So one option you would have would be to um, take route seven uh-huh. and then make it, make a connection from route seven onto uh, the t- route 27. So you can do that on 23rd street. Um, there's, there's a couple of places, you know, basically where they, overlap. So from Haskell, uh, from Hinnu, from Haskell campus all the way to Haskell Avenue that those, those would all be transfer opportunities for you.
3: Well, when the weather is good, I can just ride my bike down to uh, 19th street and put the bike on the bus at, uh, the corner of Louisiana. Um, okay. So I'm going to miss all of the routes that go straight down Louisiana though, because those were be very convenient anyway. Um, so this, the, the 27 goes up to campus, the other stock, it goes way out west. Go ahead and finish your speech on that, that one.
0: So it goes through campus and then it ends at the Bob Billings Hub. Okay. So another, another you know, this, I'll, it, it's, I'm sorry to sound like a broken record about Bob Billings, but um, it's sort of by design, we're trying to strengthen Bob Billings as, as this sort of main hub for the system. So um, lots of routes are ending in the Bob Billings Hub.
3: Well, currently 27 is a single bus looping at 40 minutes. Can you say with, with that change, would you have more than one bus on that that loop or not?
0: So the service frequencies have not yet, we're not quite there yet. We're not, um, so what we're the way that we're doing this process is we're trying to focus on coverage first. And then once we have that kind of hybrid scenario, we, Tonight, we're talking two different scenarios. Once we narrow that down to a single hybrid scenario, that's going to be kind of the coverage we're talking about. And then the next step is to assign service frequency to it. So span of service and service frequency to um, the one preferred scenario, the one preferred coverage scenario.
3: Are you going to get to a point and tell me when there's any service from downtown to campus?
0: Yes. Yes. We're getting there. We're getting there. We're really close. Actually. Um, I'll, Try to speed things up here. Okay. So we talked about the 29 already. We That was the one that's in line with the nine. So I'll skip that. And now route 100. So it's called route 100. Um, it's sort of similar to the current route 30. Uh, let me just turn on the, our transit potential layer just so you can see more a little bit of contrast behind the scenes, by the way, this uh, John, I don't know if you saw any of our previous meetings, but this color coding here that I just turned on is showing um, transit potential, the more red. So uh, the scale is green and gray are low transit potential, yellow, orange, red are high transit potential. So that means those are areas that have the highest likelihood of generating fixed route transit ridership.
3: That makes sense.
0: So. The reason i brought that up here is because this route 100 is the route that would it's envisioned to be like the main connector between campus and downtown and it would be a fast and frequent service it's a very simple route that just goes from the bob billings hub on one side to downtown lawrence on the other with the university in the middle um and so that's that's uh, the route that you've been i guess waiting to hear about
3: yeah that that looks like a lot more sensible route than either 10 and 11 because they went way down south and stuff. So uh, so that looks like a, a great improvement to me.
0: Okay. Um, and you'll notice that it goes right through the heart of the highest transit potential, one of the highest transit potential areas uh, in Lawrence. Okay. So that's Route 100. Um, next is Route 34. So... Now we're starting to get into, um, university focused service for the most part. And I'm curious, John, do you have interest in university focused routes or now that you're retired and whatnot, are you, you know, what, what is, what's your main interest tonight?
3: (laughs) Now that I'm retired, I can go to KU for free. So I'm super interested. Okay, Uh, I also swim up at Robinson Gym, but the thing is, uh, as close as I am to campus, and I can still drive, I'm just considering when I'm 85, I may not be wanting to drive my Prius all over the place. So, so tell me about this new route here that you got.
0: Okay, so uh, Route 34 would on one end, um, end at West the West 7th Street corridor, um, which is up here, and then on the other end, the West 25th Street corridor down here. So both of these areas are very dense in multifamily housing. Um, mo- both of these areas are dense in off-campus housing. So, so folks live um, up here and down here and they're trying to make their way to campus. Um, so this consolidates several existing Ku routes, the or parts of several Ku routes, the 34, the 41, the 38. Um, so it's it's a longer route than those any of those other three. But what that longer route allows us to do is it allows us to um, have more flexibility in in providing the service frequency that we want to provide at at different times of day. Um, because if if a route is you know, 60 minutes, let's say, then you can be provide with one vehicle. You can provide that service hourly with two vehicles. You can provide service um, every half hour. You can also provide service every 15 minutes or every 20 minutes with four, three or four vehicles. So you have a lot of flexibility. So it's a fairly long route. It may look like it's a very long route, but you can throw enough vehicles onto it to provide whatever service frequency you wanna provide. Does Does that make sense? Um Serena, do you have any thoughts on on this route? So, okay. you were muted but I I read your lips maybe to say no. All right. Okay.
5: So I have so, a question for you. Sure. Um so this is the first it, the first route that actually goes through campus that I've seen. Um are there additional routes? So the the other thing is anything that goes down Jayhawk Boulevard runs the risk of significant delays because of the pedestrian traffic. So I'm wondering what the thoughts are about maintaining route times when you have to go through that kind of. Um, yeah.
0: It's a good point. Um, so what I'll say, first of all, is um, route 100, which we just talked about, and that, that also goes through campus and there will be others. We're just now getting into the campus routes. So, Most of the routes we'll be talking about about from here on out will be going through campus. But um, yeah, Route 100 goes through campus also operating on Jayhawk. So you're right. I mean, Jayhawk is um, a street that has a lot of activity on it. Um, It's somewhat unavoidable. I think if you're going to go on campus, you have to go where the people are and where the people want to go. There could be opportunities to, you know, improve the interaction between Buses and pedestrians on Jayhawk. Um, that's something that the university would have to have a big role in. Um, for example, in some some ways you can do that is by channeling pedestrian activity. So you can put, this is just an idea. I don't want to quiz or, or Margaret, I don't want to commit anyone to anything. But, you know, just some ideas that some other campuses do is they put barricades so that you can only cross um, major streets like this at designated crossing uh, points, signalized intersections, and, and so on, so people aren't always just you know running across the street anywhere and getting in front of buses. Um, that's just one idea, but it is a challenge. Uh, but it's also kind of unavoidable. I think you have to serve Jayhawk Boulevard.
5: No, I, I agree, you have to. I'm just uh, I'm curious. I I take 36 occasionally when I don't want to walk to work, and uh, I've noticed you know they get way out of whack. And most of it's because of Jayhawk Boulevard, because there's there's a crossing every 30 feet. <laughs> nice. And so they get tracked,
2: you know. Well, yeah. Boris, this is quiz. Um, I, the, what I would probably chime in is there is no, I mean, no doubt that there is pedestrian traffic on the boulevard, but to counter that, there's no vehicular traffic at all. Um, It's the stops just in general. I mean, there's a stop. We have several stops along Jayhawk Boulevard. So... Um, I would be more concerned just from a pedestrian or vehicular standpoint, it's actually the at the crossing points of Irving Hill Road and Naismith and going up Naismith up to McLean's that I mean anything that gets along there just vehicular traffic slows everything down but I think the the pedestrian traffic through Jayhawk Boulevard is much more manageable than say the section at going up Naismith to McLean's that's my two cents but
3: yeah mclean's is a real uh trap for me because uh, i tried to sit out enjoy the scenery at mclean's and the buses were so loud i had to run inside just so i could hear myself think
0: <laughs> yeah um okay um I, I mean good comments um you know we'll definitely record that
2: for it, for and Boris, we're probably not going to be putting out barricades along Jayhawk Boulevard that's probably sure. not going to be happening so yeah yeah
0: I do quiz do you, do you know what I'm talking about though it's not exactly it's not like um, it's just sort of railing uh, along the the roadway I know I, it, it may not be happening but there barricades may be the wrong term but it's kind of like railing that channels pedestrian traffic to, to just cross at the at the lights or at you know designated crossing points
5: the students yeah, are pretty I, yeah. good at using the crosswalks that are there. They don't just cross anywhere.
0: Yeah.
5: It's just the volume. Um, you know, and there's enough, the students have the right of way. Obviously, the crosswalks are the right of way. So, mm-hmm. a lot of buses, you know, you just have, when classes are changing, you have some delays yeah. that, that are kind of hard to schedule around, I would think. Sure.
0: Yeah, and we build that in. I mean, when we do the schedules, we try to have realistic running times. Um, so we don't want to uh, put the drivers in a in a position where we build a schedule that they cannot maintain realistically. So that's part of that is realistic running times. Part of that is sufficient layover time at the end of the route to again make sure that they can recover if they do run late on the next trip. Um, so yeah, all that goes into into account. All right, so that's a thirty four. Now the 36. Okay, so the 36 is um, not that different from the current 36, but well, it's fairly different. Different, I guess. But the end of the line. So on one on one end of the line, you have the Kansas Union. Uh, on the other, the Bob Billings Hub. So this extends from um, uh, extends south to link the Sixth Street Corridor to the Bob Billings Hub. So if people are you know, living in the South, uh, sorry, in the sixth street corridor, this scenario gives them access both to the heart of campus and to the Bob Billings hub where they could catch another bus into campus or they could catch buses anywhere else in the system. Um, But that's that's the idea here. It's just an an extension of this route down to the Bob Billings hub.
5: 36
3: used to run by the Merck. Will there be any bus routes that go by there in the future?
0: Yes, there will be, and actually this, the Merck yeah, is, yeah, this is, the Merc is here, right?
5: Over okay. by uh, Centennial Park. It's over on Iowa, so to the East. Street. Okay. Ninth in Iowa.
0: Yeah, oh, okay, 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 yep, sorry, I got that wrong.
5: So it still goes by.
0: Yeah, there we go, yeah. So, so it still would, it would still go by the Merck.
5: Okay. Since we're on these KU routes, are they are these KU routes? Are these going to be permanent routes? So they'll be running all the time. Or are these routes that are going to disappear when school's not in session?
0: That's also a really good question. Um, so to, that's going to be something that we we will address when we put together the schedules because the schedules will be both like schedules within a day, but then also within you know year the ser- service. Um, how the service is going to run different parts of the year. Mm-hmm. So it that's a little bit to be determined. However, I, I don't know if, were you on when we talked about microtransit as, um, as a service idea or not? Uh, who was that speaking? Was that Richard? Oh, it was
5: Richard. Um, I understand the microtransit. I live close enough to my job and to to groceries because i live right next to centennial park that i can walk to work (laughs) Mm -hmm. or to the grocery store um i use 36 when the weather's bad if i don't want to walk or if it's super hot but i also just it seems like some of the ku routes when you drop them you cut off a lot of people from access to things you know students still go to the campus when classes aren't in session because some of them work all summer sure and it's I think it's unfortunate when we stop the routes during breaks and stuff, because there's still people who work on campus who were using those routes.
0: Yeah, no, that's, it's a great point. Um,
2: And Boris, I can chime in just a little bit. Um, We would love to be able to be operating six days a week or even seven days a week. You know, right now there's no Sunday service. And I say we being from a KU side of things. Uh, our funding pool is uh, through the student government, through the required campus fees process, and we have a set amount of dollars uh, that we will have available at this point. Um, so, you know, the, the mission, and we've talked about the mission from the KU on Wheels side of things several times, the mission for those dollars was, was and currently is to get students to and from class. That's kind of been the mission that we've operated for the last 20 plus years. And so, um, you know, when classes are not in session, that's why those routes have, have kind of went into hibernation, so to speak. Um, and, you know, if we had more funding dollars, um, and, and again, this will be a big conversation, I think, that we'll be talking about frequency, adding, um, that's, I, I know I might not have even answered that. I'm just trying to explain it a little bit. So, yeah, no, I,
5: I do understand that, um, you know, the student, the getting the students to class and stuff is important, you know, keeping in mind that a good portion of those students. We'll say 5,000 are probably employed on campus.
0: Right, so. Yeah, it's it's a tough one i mean this is a, this is an issue that happens in university communities all over the country um, and it's also um, one of the benefits of microtransit service because microtransit can serve to fill gaps either geographic gaps or gaps by time of day or gaps by, you know time of year and so it's maybe it's not ideal if a person is used to riding a particular particular route during most of the year and then that route goes away that's not ideal but with microtransit at least you would have sort of some safety net that would continue to provide mobility um, you know any anywhere where another route is dropped um, during part of the year and, so
5: and i might have missed this because i came in a little late Can you define what the micro transit is? Is that like the Lyft buses now or is that going to be something different?
0: So it's a bit different. Um, Have you ever used Uber or Lyft? Of course. Okay so microtransit is a app-based demand response service it's very much like Uber and Lyft but it uses vehicles that are more designed for 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 transit for shared rides so if you can imagine Uber with a minivan and mm-hmm. instead of instead of picking up one person and then dropping them off and then picking up the next person you may pick up two or three people on the way and then drop one or two or three of them off and then it's like a constant you know um, turnover of passengers because it's a larger vehicle
5: okay
0: Thank
1: yep. you. Okay. I don't Next. want to slow down too much for us, but I might just, one other thing to add to that discussion about you know, routes and their time of year availability. I do think, um, I mean, what this route redesign does is it kind of opens the door, I think, to for KU and the city to talk about which routes we may coordinate on once this all kind of fits together at the end of the day. So, you know, right now we coordinate on a couple of routes where we each put service on those to make sure they operate throughout the year. And that might be, uh, you know, depending on kind of how this shapes out, don't anticipate necessarily the city or KU um, having more hours to put on the street, but deciding exactly where to put them, where to match them up maybe on coordinated routes uh, could make, you know, some routes that serve both students, but also the community at large, um, could provide some opportunities to, maybe normalize what it looks like over the year for, for people in certain areas.
5: Well, and I think the hub thing also makes it a little bit more um, convenient for people. Because, you know, used to if I wanted to get to campus and I didn't want to walk and 36 wasn't running, my option was to take four downtown and then 10 or 11 or one of those buses, which was crazy because I could walk to work in <laughs> less time than that would take. But I think with the hub solution, that might be a solution when the the KU routes aren't running, that it might be easier to get to campus than it was in the past.
0: Yeah. Okay, Uh, good comments. All right, so next is Route 41, another uh, KU or KU focused route. Um, So, This route has its end of the line at the Kansas Union on one side and Becker Drive on the other side. So this is Becker Drive here. Um, So this is extended to the Union versus the existing Route 41, which looks like this. So the existing route kind of does this um, one-way loop. Um, Actually, it goes this way, Yeah, this way. So, Sunnyside um, to Sunflower and then Jayhawk Boulevard. So, instead, in this scenario, Route 41 um, goes all the way up to the Kansas Union. Um, The other changes um, are that you have service um, on Naismith Drive here. And so, even though it's not going directly on Sunnyside, um, most destinations on Sunnyside would be you know, fairly accessible from this corner here of Naismith and Sunnyside. You also have access to the rec center. Um, you know, the, it could potentially go even closer to the rec center. That's, I think that's been a comment before, but um, this route also provides service on Stewart street which is uh right here or sorry Stewart avenue which is here um and and does and then goes through campus with access to the rec center any thoughts on that one
5: so no daisy hill for that
0: one. no not for this one no daisy hill here and, and What what's your take on that? Would you rather it serve Daisy Hill or are you
5: Um it seems it's I don't know. It um I don't know why it doesn't at least split and go to Daisy Hill and then back. Just because there's a lot of kids living there. So
0: Sure. So there the next route we'll talk about
5: the routes that hit Daisy Hill. Exactly. (laughs)
0: Yeah. I'll actually keep that on the screen when I show the next one. So this is the 42. Yeah. So 42 does a similar alignment, um, at least from the rec center north. It does a similar alignment. It also ends um, at the Union. So this is, I'll turn off 41. Um, but what it does is it does hit Irving Hill Road and you know provide access to the Daisy Hill area. So if somebody from here is trying to get to the rec center, you know this provides access from the Bob Billings hub plus the Irving Hill slash Daisy Hill area to the rec center and then on to the Jayhawk Boulevard and and KU um, union area. So, all right. And any thoughts on that?
5: I guess for quiz, those usually run almost all the time, right?
2: When you say all the time, do you mean? Well, weekdays (laughs) i guess yeah yeah Yeah, you know normal class stuff yeah and one other thing to let you guys know so you know students trying to get to the rec center and recreate has always kind of been an issue right Mm -hmm. um so making sure that we have at least one circulator route that goes by the rec center is beneficial there but i also want everybody to know that if a student does own a parking pass or have has parking permissions they can actually drive their car down to the rec center parking lot walk into the rec center and say, hey, I live at Daisy Hill. Here's my plate. I'd like a two-hour window to recreate. And we give them um, access to the parking lot down there for two hours. The the big issue is we get some folks that try to pull a quick one where they try to get into that parking lot and then just walk to class or something. You know, they say they're going to go into recreate and then they don't. And um, so then we're trying to catch some of those folks, but just wanted to let you know that we have a parking alternative uh, for those that do have a parking pass um, to actually park in lot 90 during the day, if they wanted to go in and use the rec center.
5: Is that only good for students?
2: Uh, no, I, you know, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to have to check on that. If you send me an email, it would kind of refresh my memory. I can check on that for you. But um, you know, in general, it's, students i i don't think we've ever had a faculty or staff member ask that question so i'd have to check
5: um what, what's your email
2: <laughs> so the easy one is a quiz okay. at I could have found you yeah
3: all right curiosity what's your tentative launch date for this new plan
0: oh so we don't have a a final plan yet so we are presenting two scenarios that we are trying to get feedback on to then develop a final plan so we're not we're not at the point of having a final plan yet so
3: well, the, um, fall 2022 or anything like that
1: well so that's what i was going to jump in yeah the, the um the transit facility at bob billings is planned to be completed by fall of 2022 and that's the goal for um route redesign to go into effect Boris is right. We're at kind of the gotcha. beginning stages of you know, what that redesign will actually
0: be. Yeah, um, and I just um, realized that this is this ver- this is showing service crossing Iowa Street at Twenty First. This is um, incorrect. I I didn't bring up the right layer, but um, there's no signal here, so that's not possible. It's the only way this would work is actually the buses would come this way. And then go up, Steward. So this this is uh, an error. So sorry about that. Small detail. Okay. Um, finally, forty three. So forty three is uh, the same as the current route forty three. So it would serve the Daisy Hill area and connect through Jayhawk Boulevard. Um, in you know serve the Union um, and the GSB.
2: Is that the right GSP Corbin? Yes,
0: and that so it would, it would end there, and um, otherwise, it, it basically it's the same as the current 43. So it's a pretty straightforward route, pretty simple route. So we didn't have we didn't see um much need to, to, to change that one around, okay? So that's I'm scenario
5: in again. Is there a route? is there did I miss a bus is it- goes by the Spencer or is there not one anymore? Spencer Art Museum um is on Louisiana.
0: Yeah, let me um bring up the entire
5: scenario. I was gonna say that would be the old forty two, I think.
3: Yeah, it's forty-two. Forty-two blue, I think.
5: yeah mm, I think so. So
0: you, yeah, so there would be, there wouldn't be service on Mississippi street, which mm-hmm. I guess is the closest, yeah. um, but it would be a block okay. away, Jayhawk Boulevard. And um,
3: Just have to walk uh, down the Union.
0: yeah, okay. okay. All right. So that's scenario one, um, scenario two should be a little bit faster because some of the routes are the same as in scenario one. Um, I guess I, I'll start first with, well, any, any questions, I guess, before we do that? Any, any overall big picture questions um, or comments on scenario one?
5: I like what you guys are trying to do. I mean, I think it's, it's admirable to try to look where people live and where they're going. So I, I do like what we're doing. Um,
0: great, so we'll continue scenario two. I'll just say, we'll start with microtransit first. And the main difference, scenario one and two both have microtransit as, as kind of this, you know, safety net um, that shores up the other routes. Um, the difference is in scenario one, we had a zone structure. So the idea is that you have multiple microtransit zones. You can travel within the zone, but the vehicle, you cannot request a trip from one zone into another. If you're trying to go out, you know, cross town, you transfer to a fixed route bus. In scenario two, it's a bit different. In scenario two, you have a citywide zone and then kind of a KU overlay. Um, and the KU overlay is sort of in, in order to provide maybe h- higher frequency service around the university, maybe longer service hours along the university, maybe more days of the week. But the the idea with the citywide service is that you can get from anywhere to anywhere, but this would involve distance-based pricing. So um, maybe, you know, for the first three miles, it will be $2 a trip, but then if you go Beyond three miles, it would be maybe an extra dollar per, per mile. So, and the reason that you need either distance-based pricing or a zone-based structure is that microtransit works well when you have limits on the trip length. If you have very long trips, then typically it's hard to um, match a long trip among multiple riders. Like there's not there's not that sort of convergence, that critical mass of people that are going. To, to, to similar places and you also have don't have as much turnover so the vehicles aren't as available for new requests as often and so it becomes less productive so you have to limit the length of trips somehow either with a zone structure or through distance-based pricing so that's kind of one key difference between scenario one and scenario two
3: okay does this uh, imply a political uh contest with regular taxi taxi service
0: Um, you know, it could compete with taxis, um, but it's a little bit different because it is a shared ride model more than taxis. Like if you are very, very pressed on time, you may find a taxi or Uber to be a better option because you know that it's just customized to your needs and nobody else. Um, the taxi is not going to stop along the way and pick up other people unless you've planned it that way. with. With microtransit, you still have the element of shared rides. So um, a vehicle may be going cross town and instead of going, you know, s- the most direct path, it may deviate here, there, or, you know, but it not so not, not so extreme to the point where it's, you know, very aggravating to riders. It, it There's an algorithm involved where it um, would, would assign with microtransit. Typically you'll have multiple vehicles operating concurrently within the zone. So it'll, assign the vehicle based on the most logical uh, assignment to minimize the deviation for anybody that's already on the vehicle um, and to, you know, have the optimal sort of productivity of the service. But so it is still I shared.
3: Envision as elderly people trying to get a hitch hit a ride either to a grocery store or to a movie or something like that. And because if I got three bags of groceries, am I going to be able to cram them onto one of these things or would that be discouraged?
0: No, no, it wouldn't be discouraged. Um, that is definitely a use case that uh, microtransit does see a lot in other communities. Um, there is kind of a storage area in the, in the back. Um, there's also uh, wheelchair. The, the vehicles are or can be wheelchair accessible. Um, in some cases, the, the entire fleet is. In other cases, there's some subset of the fleet that is accessible. And the vehicles can also come in different sizes. So it can be a minivan, like an eight passenger minivan. It can be a cutaway bus, which is the type of vehicle that's typically used for um, paratransit service. Uh, So there's a variety of ways to provide microtransit, but grocery shopping is definitely a use case that is um, done with microtransit. All right. Okay, so let's go through scenario two, starting with route one. Okay, so route one and scenario two is similar, but a little bit different than in scenario one. So um, the main differences are that in scenario two, you, the, the, that um, inner, well, two things, well, more than two things, two, more than two differences, but the route would end um, at the community shelter rather than continuing from the community shelter. To the East Hills Business Park. So that's, that's a big difference. Um, it, the service is shifted from Haskell uh, back to Massachusetts in order to loop in Haskell uh, Indian Nations University. So it comes down, goes through the Haskell campus and then out on 23rd Street. Um, and again, it, end, it ends at the community shelter. So there's no connection in this case to the East Hills Business Park. All right. So that's that's a different version of route one. Next we have route three. So route three is very different than the route three in scenario one. Um, route three is actually interlined um, with route six, which is here. Let me bring up another layer so that you can e- more easily see this. Okay, so route three and route six, the way that they work is they are interlined in two places. they're interlined downtown and then they're interlined again at the north end of the route, which is the um, kind of the industrial park uh, up here north of 1800 road. And the idea is you currently on the current route three, you have service. You have one-way service on the Michigan corridor. You have one-way service on the Iowa corridor. So nobody is served well. Everybody on the current Route 3 has to either ride around a big loop um, or walk part of the way because they don't have bi-directional service. With this scenario, both corridors have bi-directional service because you could go out on the Route 3, and that Route 3 will come back as Route 6, but the Route 6 going out will come back as a Route 3. And so the effect of that is that you have buses going north and south, both along the Michigan Corridor and the Iowa Corridor. Does, does that make sense? So this probably would be a more, much more appealing service um, in both corridors to, to residents that live along either corridor or to anyone going to um, to work at Uh, at the hallmark facility because it's bi-directional service and they kind of converge near the um, memorial hospital so you know downtown and memorial hospital they both serve those areas but they take slightly different alignments and then they diverge and one serves michigan the other serves iowa and they converge again at the end all right so that's route three and route six in scenario two Route four is much more similar to the current route four that serves North Lawrence. Um, As in scenario one service is moved from lion street to North street. So here you see North street again, instead of lion. So that's, that's just like in scenario one. However, this is not linked to the sixth street corridor. As we talked about in scenario one, instead um, all that happens from the, compared to the current service is after the Merck uh, co-op area, the the bus continues on to the Bob Billings Hub. Um, Okay, any questions on that? That's Iowa Street there. Okay, so that's scenario, that's Route 4 in Scenario 2. Next, we have Route 5. Route five is similar to what we saw in uh, scenario one with a couple of changes. It is decoupled from route one. So in scenario one, you had service from the East Hills Business Park kind of linked to the shelter, the community shelter and jail. Here, that's not the case. Also here, you um, have the deviation into Has- the Haskell campus, which you did not have in scenario one, but otherwise in both scenarios, the um, end of the line is is the Bob Billings Hub and then the East Lawrence Business Park. Okay. Um, I think maybe we're moving into well, soon we'll be moving into your territory, John, so you might find that more interesting stuff here in a second. So here's Route 7. So this is a little bit different than the Route Seven in Scenario One, and I'll kind of bring up some of the highlights. So one difference is um, shifting this, shifting the route to the Eleventh Street corridor to get it closer to Just Food, which is over here. So from downtown, we have service on the Eleventh Street corridor, Just <coughs> Just Food, and then down Haskell Avenue. Um, The other difference is that we are cutting across east-west along 19th Street, um, whereas before, we continued further south south on Haskell to 23rd Street. So in this scenario, you have access to Lawrence High School. And then the other main difference here is that this is interlined in scenario two with Route 9. Um, So, the idea here is that um, you can, wait, actually, that's the wrong, sorry, that's the wrong scenario. Here we go. Yeah, there you go. That's Route 9 in scenario two. So, um, the idea here is that you can travel from this neighborhood here, the neighborhood uh, along Lawrence Avenue, kind of south of Clinton Parkway, north of 31st Street, you can travel from there directly to Lawrence High School, which is something that is possible today, but is not possible in scenario one. Um, and that's, uh, from what I understand, a pretty important connection to preserve. So this, these seven and nine are interlined at the reserve apartments here. So um, Route 9, Route 9, Comes into the reserve, changes its head sign, goes out as Route Seven. So both routes have one seed ride to get um, you know to, to, to all the retail in through here. Um, this Route Nine then continues up Wakarusa, so out Clinton Parkway, up Wakarusa, and then en- and then ends at the LMH West Campus. So that is essentially one route, although the head sign would change at the reserve. Any thoughts there?
3: No, my part of that would essentially be the same. I I don't think I would prefer one of the other.
0: Okay. All right. So we'll move on. All right, next we'll talk about Route 10. So Route 10, differs a little bit from the previous Route 10 in that service is shifted off of Wakarusa. This is the Scenario 2 Route 10. And instead, service is shifted to 6th Street. And the reason for that is that in Scenario 2, that Route um, 4 that we talked about does not cover 6th Street. If you recall in Scenario 1 from North Lawrence, we had the bus going downtown and then out Sixth Street, in in uh, scenario two, there is not continuous service from downtown along Sixth Street. There are several routes that that serve different sections of Sixth Street, but there's not a single continuous route along the Sixth Street corridor. So one of the routes that would serve the Sixth Street corridor is Route Ten, as shown. So this is Walmart here, um, and then it would stay on Sixth. kind of cut through. Um, the, this area here by Sprouts Farmer's Market. And then it would take Castled South and then end up at the Bob Billings Hub. Any thoughts on that?
3: So if a person wanted to go from downtown out to the, uh, what's the the name of the new exercise place out there in the southwest part of town, past, uh, well, it's, it's up past Walkerusa. Uh,
0: the southwest part of town, you're saying, or the I'm sorry, the northwest. northwest, the Rock Shock Park
3: area. Yeah, Rock Shock Park. Is there any? What's the easiest way to get from you know central Lawrence out to Rock Shock?
0: Yeah, so under this scenario, it wouldn't be as simple. So ten would get you there, but you'd have to make your way first to the uh, 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 Bob Billings hub. Okay, that part. Or I yeah, or you do have microtransit as, as an option, um, to, to get there more directly.
3: Okay. And so in, in scenario one, uh, how hard is it for you to tell me what the Rock Chalk park route would be back there?
0: So in scenario one, you have route four, which is shown here that goes from downtown all the way out to Rock Chalk park. Yeah.
3: Yeah. In that case, I would certainly prefer the, the route one just because I would probably like to use that facility more the older I get.
0: Okay. And um the idea of transferring at the Bob Billings hub, that's that's less appealing to you.
3: Well, I mean I have to get there from mm-hmm. the checkers area. I mean, I figure this out with my schedules. I always work these things out, but normally I would just go downtown and then transfer to the four or whatever and go out west.
0: Right. Okay. I'm yeah, just so trying to,
3: yeah, not not have it take an hour and a half for me to go from one place to another. Sure.
5: Okay. Yeah, I have to say, I think um, Route Four in the version one serves North Lawrence a little bit better. In a sense, it gives them the one ride to to all those shopping options
4: mm-hmm.
1: without
5: having to go to the hub and and you know either go south or go back to Sixth Street. Yep.
0: That's, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, we,
5: you know, in every
0: scenario, we're trying to change things up. Um, we're neutral on, you know, which of these is better or worse and they may be better or worse for different people. We just want to get your feedback, but yes, they are different. And in some cases, one scenario is definitely, definitely better for some use cases than others.
3: And as long as I can get to the new hub as easily as I can get downtown, then I'm not going to beef too much about it. It's just a question of how hard it's going to be for me to get from the checkers corner over to, uh, you know, Bob Billings. And I'll I'll just have to figure that out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, so let me, um, you know, the checkers corner is here, right? So that's the checkers corner.
3: That's 23rd in Louisiana. Yeah.
0: Yep. So that's right here. So you would be able to make, make it from there to Bob Billings. And then from there, you, if you're going to Rock Chalk Park, you would transfer to Route 10. So, okay, that's, so that's-
3: I see I see what you're saying, yeah.
5: Mm-hmm. When you show the map this way too, it's nice. Um, puts the hub in the center of Lawrence, which even though we think of downtown as our center, it's, it's not.
2: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know,
5: geographically, it's not the center. So having the hub there in the middle makes access, I think, a lot easier for a lot of people.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. It really illustrates it when you start layering on the routes. Yeah. Okay. So where were we? Oops. Um, we talked about six. We talked about seven. Okay. We didn't talk about nine. Oh no, we did talk about nine. Yeah, so nine is interlined with seven. So we did talk about nine. But um, I guess one more thing about nine in this scenario is that it does restore service all up and down Wakarusa Drive, whereas in scenario one um, there was a substantial gap in, in in service on Wakarusa Drive. So for what it's worth, that's that's a, a major difference. talk about 10. All right. So let's talk about 11. So this 11 is not unlike the 11 in scenario one, but the interline pair is very different. So in scenario two, this 11 is interlined with with route 38. And what they do is they kind of serve um, the same big picture market. So from Bob Billings, down to all the retail on South Iowa, but they serve them, they get there very differently. So the um, Route 11 gets there vers- uh, via uh, campus. So it goes into sort of right into the heart of campus, comes down Naisman's Drive, um, then serves all the apartments on 24th Street. I guess all the apartments on the east side of Iowa, whereas 38 serves a lot of apartments on the west side of Iowa. Um, and instead of serving the Naismith corridor it serves a Stewart corridor so they're, they're they're very similar to each other they're just doing kind of parallel corridors that have a lot of similarities um, but they they're doing it differently so and then they interline once you get to the reserve so basically once you get to the reserve on the 38 uh, the red the red line is the 30 38 then you would um, kind of go, through the, the retail area and return on the 11, which is the blue line. Sorry, yeah, the 11, I'm getting myself confused. Yeah, the the, the 11 is the blue line, the 38 is the red line. And they both would serve the retail um, hub through here after changing head signs. Does 38 any, sort yeah. of
5: ser, serves the nest too then, doesn't it? Uh,
0: the nest is uh, here, right?
5: No, I, I think it's uh, behind Walmart.
0: Oh, oh, behind I mean, Walmart. Highway
5: way Walmart, yeah. Oh wait, uh, yeah, yeah. I so
0: the, I think so. This is. Let me make sure we're talking it's, about the same place. Yeah, this is the nest Yeah, yeah, this
5: R- is the the nest where you are now. No right. Build, it doesn't look like there's any buildings there but that was taken, but
0: yeah, this is right. <laughs> but but you are right. So the eleven once the eleven gets to the, re- the reserve. It does it looks like it doesn't serve the nest but it does because there's a one seat ride so that bus becomes a 38 and the 38 comes this way and serves the nest from here 33rd and um what, what wasachi how do you say that oh, no.
2: <laughs> well, and boris real quick too yeah. i think and this isn't the end all be all but i do think the nest has their own bus that transports students up to campus i think I,
5: yeah, think I see it every day. You do. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, since we're out that way, does anything serve the uh, trailer park there by Target?
0: This right here?
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So um, we we can't get there. The, this is about as close as we can get there. So okay. 33rd, 33rd Street, because there's a dead end, there's um, this 33rd becomes a private road once it gets to right. the reserve. So you can't go that way. And there's, there's no way to turn a bus around. So this is about as close as you, as you can get. All right. So that's the 11 and the 38. Next is a 27. The 27 is the same as in scenario one. So it is um, serving all the ed- educational facilities from the Peasley Center to Haskell to the high school to the unit to KU and then ending at. Bob Billings Hub. Okay, then the 29 is actually the same as in scenario 1. The 100 is also the same as in scenario 1. And again, more uh, if you'll notice uh, again, Bob Billings Hub is strengthened both with the 29 and the 100. The 34 is also the same as in the Bob as in scenario 1. The 36 is different. Um, in this scenario, the 36 is actually very similar to the current 36. The main difference is it's end of the line. The, the current end of the line runs through here, gate, the uh, gateway court. Um, and instead in this scenario, the buses turn around north of 6th Street. So instead of turning around south of 6th Street and heading back, they turn around north of 6th Street. And by doing that, it opens up another fairly large multifamily housing community, the Frontier, and um, it, it makes that accessible to, to campus. Okay. So next we have 38. Okay, we talked about the 38 already. So then we have 41. So the 41 and the 42 um, are virtually the same as in scenario one with the main difference being instead of both of those continuing on to, to the union, instead they do this one-way loop, um, Jayhawk, Sunnyside, sunny Sunflower, Jayhawk. And so I'm curious if anyone has a preference of 41 and 42 in scenario one or 41 and 42 in scenario two, um, based on whether they do a one-way loop or they continue on.
5: I think it makes more sense that they go by Jayhawk, but I know that makes, I mean, not by the union. Um, I know that makes it kind of, that makes that area more congested though with all those buses.
0: Yeah, the, the real, I guess the question is how important is it to have direct access on uh, Sunnyvale because you can. Sorry, Sunnyvale, Sunny Side, um, because you other in Scenario One, you can get to these destinations, but only from the corner of Naismith um, and Sunny Side. Versus here, where you have service on Sunny Side.
5: Didn't it go yes. down Sunny Side and up? And then go over to. The union and the other scenario
0: no it went up Naismith mm. and then jayhawk
5: yeah i i I, th- I i don't know if you'd want to lose sunnyside or not
2: boris this is quiz just to let everybody know there i'm i'm attending a there's a major uh project that's happening sometime soon where they're going to be reconfiguring sunnyside a portion of it due to some of the you know, buildings or what have you what's going on there so the at the corner of Naismith and uh, Sunnyside anyhow that whole configuration could look a lot different maybe for the betterment of all traffic um, but I would just say in general for us like on campus as a student you know any kind of circulator component just for us make seems to make more sense that it goes from one side of the campus all, you know, to the other. So Daisy Hill to GSP Corbin, GSP Corbin back to Daisy Hill. Doesn't always have to be that way, but being able to serve both sides of that where students are at makes a lot of sense. But,
3: well, so, I don't mind, you know, walking or biking to Sunnyside, but any bus that'll drive me up that hill up to Oregon, right.
5: <laughs> Well, That's what I was just thinking too. If you're on Sunnyside and you have to go, up to jayhawk boulevard it is up to jayhawk boulevard so you know i'm i'm old and i can do it but at some point i probably won't want to
3: <laughs> Great, yeah
0: okay uh, the one thing to keep in mind though is of course that if it's if you have service on sunny side you can only prov- you can only s- serve it in one direction, direction yeah. so yeah so you're right i mean you can go up to jayhawk you can't come back to Sunnyside. I mean, you can only come back as close as Naismith and Sunnyside. Like, you, you'd have to get, you know what I mean? Like, you get right. off there.
5: What I'm saying, if you take Sunnyside off, then my only option, if I'm working anywhere along Sunnyside, is to walk across that part of campus up to Jayhawk Boulevard or walk back over to Naismith, depending on where I'm at.
0: Right. So, you could walk through these paths from Jayhawk. You could walk from Naismith. Uh, along Sunny Side, but you couldn't. But you wouldn't have service on Sunny Side. So,
5: but so, I was just wondering why, um, if you left Sunny Side in, why could you not turn right and do the Union and still keep the same? Because the same.
0: This intersection mm-hmm. is a very difficult turn for buses. So they the the geometry of it. You can make a left turn. But you can't make a right turn from sunflower on the sun yeah
5: Boris I think if you went I think what they're saying is up to the hill when you get to Jayhawk, why not turn right and include the union and then go back the way the way it is now go back down Jayhawk?
0: oh you see, I see you get it,
5: pick it up one way going this way, but you include union in that loop.
0: I see. So, okay, as a as a rule of... Th- well, Quiz, did you, did you want to say something before I respond? I would, that's what I was trying to state. It's okay. all good. <laughs> okay. So, as a rule of thumb, um, transit works best when it's symmetrical and when it's consistent. So, you don't want to have a scenario necessary. Like, if you were to go um, this way and serve the union and then come back on Jayhawk Boulevard, then people... Who, who got on on Sunnyside wouldn't be able to get back to Sunnyside. They'd have to, and, and that sort of tends to confuse and aggravate people. I mean, eventually they get used to it, but um, as a rule of thumb, you want service to be as, as bi-directional as possible. So in scenario one, we had bi-directional service. It comes and goes in the same way. Or if you have um, a loop, you keep that loop as small as possible. So you keep the area where you have one-way service as small and compact as possible. So I don't know if that's a satisfactory answer, but that's kind of the rule of thumb.
5: Oh, I get it. This the union is a major place on campus.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, we could consider that. We could uh, definitely consider a hybrid of scenario one and scenario two that does what you're describing, union and then back or sorry, sunny side union, but then back on Jayhawk. Okay. Um so we are now on 43, which is actually the same as scenario 1 because it's just such a great route. And um, and that gets us through both scenarios. So what I'll say now is that we we have a survey online. Um, maybe you guys have seen it already. it's it's uh, I don't know if a survey even does it justice. it's a very detailed description route by route and scenario by scenario and then tied to that there's questions that um, are posed to to anyone that's looking at, at it it's on the Lawrence listens platform you can get to it by going to the Lawrence transit website and right on the home screen there's a link to it kind of in on that top pane that um, you know that, that moves across the top of the screen um, there's there's that so if you would like to provide us additional feedback, or if you'd like to go, go back and take a look at any of these ideas in more detail um, at your own pace, you can go, go there to that survey and read up on all of these, both scenarios and, and all the routes in each scenario and provide your feedback. So well, uh, This
3: was a terrific presentation, given the complexity of it. I would hate to have to do this myself, so I just want to congratulate you for making it from one end to the other. Well, thanks
0: for all of the great comments and providing context to, to some of the reasons why you ride and where you ride and, and how you ride. That's helpful. Uh,
5: is there an interactive map?
0: Yes. So... um
5: Whether you can pull up the routes and compare them, or no?
0: Yeah, there is. Well, I maybe I can bring it up, or if anyone has it, Rebecca, do you by chance have it, or Adam, do you have it handy?
1: Well, I was gonna, yeah, just paint a picture of a few other ways to explore this. Um, So, within the survey itself, there is a link to that interactive map, okay, where where anyone can turn on and off any route in any scenario. Um, I was also going to put in chat box um our upcoming calendar for other events that we're doing in-person events so um at those places we're happy to talk through with you if you care about specific routes and just want to talk about those um we're happy to do that in person as well
5: um well i wish you guys would have had more writers involved today (laughs) um like I said, I've, I've ridden the bus. I was without a car for almost two years because I wrecked mine right before COVID. And I thought there's no point in me having a car because I'm working at home for the time being. And then, like I said, my office is a mile from the house. Um, I, I was, I'm very impressed with what Lawrence has as a bus system, as it is, just because it, it does cover a lot of area. But I think you guys have put a lot of thought. And I think both scenarios cover a, a lot of areas that have been probably left out. So I'm, I'm very impressed and congratulate you guys on your work. Thanks. Um, Appreciate that. Um,
1: I will say that one of the things, you know, you mentioned writers and that's something we've talked about recently as staff as well. So in addition to, you know, the events that are scheduled, we do have some planned um, outreach directly on buses and at the bus platform to get some more one-on-one interaction with people on the routes they care about. So
5: that's a good idea.
1: Reviewing, you know, uh, events like this and survey. These are all tools we're using to gather feedback, and we're trying to think of uh, other ways to do that as well to so we get good information from the right people over this next month.
5: Yeah, thanks thinks they care enough until it it's already in effect, and then kind of like go, I gave you all these opportunities. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, just while we have Richard and John, while you, we have you guys as like a captive audience, I, um, Rebecca, did you did you bring up the the map by chance? The interactive map.
6: But I can do that now. Uh, uh, just so a can...
0: second. oh, because it might be uh, useful to give a like really quick tutorial on it because it's not exactly the same format as what we've seen here tonight. Um, oh, that'd be great. It,
3: Because I don't want to take the survey. If I could just get to the interactive map directly, that'd be my preference.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's just a few like nuances that we want to point out on that interactive map. So, um, Rebecca, if you have it up, I'm going to stop sharing.
1: And I did put it in the chat box as well.
4: Okay.
3: Oh, okay. Is it the second link that you put in? The second one, yes. Okay. I'll just bookmark that.
1: Or would be like where useful to screen I, share uh, it for a bit to walk
0: through it. I'm actually not seeing the text. Where is the text box?
1: <laughs> <laughs> if you're screen sharing, you have to
0: hover towards the top of the screen. Oh, oh, oh I see. I see it. I see it. Okay, now I see it.
6: Uh... So I can share my screen. Okay. Um, let I'll me just. Get...
5: Okay, this is fun. By the way, <laughs> I've already linked to the other one. It's I like it.
0: <laughs> yeah, the did you get it, Rebecca, or not yet? <laughs>
6: not yet.
1: It just off. nice.
4: Um, okay,
3: for some reason I got- when
6: i tried to click on the link it's like
0: giving me an error um just a sec
3: <laughs> it can't be that hard come on <laughs> okay. to, to use the thing
0: so i actually got it to come up so okay. here, yeah. let, me, let me share again
5: you say i've got it up
0: <laughs> okay can you see my screen
6: <laughs> yeah boris i can talk about it if you want so basically the idea was that you can view all the routes like all the routes in the scenario by turning on um, those first couple layers at the top of the layer tab. So current system, route 1, or scenario 1 and scenario 2. But then also, um, John, like you were saying, if you want to just do a route to route comparison, Mm -hmm. um, it has every route called out um, and every scenario. So yeah, Boris, if you click on. So this is scenario 1, what route 1 will look like, what scenario 2. Uh, route one will look like so and as well as the current route one so if you zoom in you can see um, it has like different line types for the different uh, scenarios you can see how it was and how it will be Um, so you can go to your routes and figure out like how they might change but also as Boris said like if some uh, some overarching stuff is changing. It's also useful to kind of look at the overall scenario maps as well, um, just to you know understand that you might now have a more direct route um, to where you need to go.
0: Yeah, it's um, the cumbersome part is that you you have to turn on and off each one manually. Um, you can't like do a global. I think I think if you reload the page, then everything clears out. Mm-hmm. So that that's kind of the main reset um, tool, and then you'll also notice that in, once you get into the individual routes, the routes are color coded by scenario, not by by routes. So you have scenario two, route one, and then scenario two, route three, and they're all black because uh-huh. all of all of scenario two is black, and all of scenario one is orange.
3: Mm-hmm. No, that's fine. Yeah. That's nice. Okay. So, you might, do you have some software engineer that writes all this code for you, or do you get something off the shelf? Uh,
0: Rebecca's our software. Um, engineer.
6: Yeah, there's like a, there's some dashboard kind of template stuff you can use to to make the maps, but nice a little
3: job. bit of
0: both. <laughs> That's
3: nice job security. That's beautiful work.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's that's the interactive map and that is on the survey so if uh if you go to the survey you can look at this and then go back and you know answer questions about what you saw in this interactive map all right
3: i'm gonna have to take off here but i really appreciate the time we spent together and i want to wish you the best of luck
0: all right thanks so much i think we're actually at the end of our time anyway so um unless there's any other questions i'll just you know say good night and thank you all
5: yeah. Well, thanks here. I'll let you even see my little face. Uh. Oh, hey, Richard. Okay. <laughs> All <laughs> right, then. You know? Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Um, I'll definitely be sharing this map, too, with some other people. Um, know a lot of runners and bike riders and people who would probably take it if they understood it better. So. Okay. Appreciate yeah, it.
0: Thanks so much. All right. Thank you, everybody. Right. Bye, everybody. Thank you.